Florida, and um, I want to wish you a happy Halloween, in case you didn't see my little pumpkin earrings. <laughs> we have cause to celebrate because God is so good to us in the harvest, in the good times, and the bad times, in any time, and we thank you, Lord, for that. If you'll please stand and sing with us as we worship. know that the love of God dwells all around us. Amen. I like to ask it again. How many of you know that the love of Jesus is all around you right now? Do you believe that? Amen. Would you put your hands together for Jesus because he's worthy of the praise. Lord, as we welcome you in our presence this morning, Lord, we're just so thankful 
that you're here and your love spreads right around. So we welcome you right now. as we join together in our morning prayer. Lord, as we gather this morning, perhaps not in each other's presence, we gather together this morning as a people fully united and in need of your presence. We gather to praise and worship you, the Lord of peace in a time where the world would have us choose chaos, the Lord of strength, in our time of weakness, the Lord of wisdom in our times of confusion. 
the Lord of love when we're feeling lost and alone, the Lord of comfort when we are hurting and grieving, and the Lord of possibility when all seems hopeless. Help us to so be in your presence in these moments that we draw our strength from your word. Help us to be so in your presence that our worries are set aside in awe and wonder of what you can do. Help us to carry your presence with us as we go through the days to come. We pray all of this as your son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
So um, the mission moment today is about a ministry that uh, I think really helps um, draw the presence of God near to uh, hurting children in our community, and that's the uh, work of the Florida United Methodist Children's Home. And that is a, is a great work uh, here in our area. We do the work of uh, foster care and uh, emergency shelter uh, with a shelter up in uh, Palm Beach County. And so um, that is a, a great work. But the Children's Home does a lot of things all across the state. It's more than a home. It's more than a location. It is a ministry that reaches out to, uh, to hurting children. But we here at New Horizon, we here at New Horizon um, are committed to this work and partnering with the Florida United Methodist Children's Home. And today is the last day of pumpkins, right? So we finish our pumpkin stuff, you know, because there are two things that this church does all in. Everybody's expected to help in some way, right? Pumpkins in the fall and the golf tournament for the Florida United Methodist Children's Home in, uh, in the springtime. And so we're already uh, beginning to do that work. Um, we could use some more people that are part of the team of making that planning. We're uh, in the process now of looking for some of our, our corporate sponsors and putting that together so that we can begin to put out the, uh, the brochures and stuff in the next couple of months and then the event um, in, uh, in, in April, May area when we have our silent auction and our golf tournament and all of that happening. So we're putting all that together. So if you want to be a part of that, you can certainly connect um, on, the, on our church website or make a phone call and we'll be happy to get you connected. If you know of a business or a business that you're a part of that can help sponsor and do that, we certainly want to hear ab about that and the help you can do there. But it all goes for helping children in our communities find healthy and holistic care in family settings and family situations. So we're about foster care, but we're also about healing families and bringing families together and doing that work in our community that brings uh, health and wholeness to children and families and in our community. So I hope that you'll uh, come and be a part of that and uh, share in that. It's an opportunity for us to serve. Because, you know, the pumpkins are over after today, and so we all got to have something the next thing, right? And this is the next all-church kind of, uh, kind of uh, thing that we all are invested in and, and work on together. Um, so I <clears throat> want to uh, share with you, uh, as we turn now to our gospel message, you know, we give you a mission moment because you got to have a way to respond when God's gospel touches your life, right? And so that's why we have a mission moment every week because we need tangible ways to respond and and uh, we've got a few tangible ways that you can respond in the days ahead and i'll be leading into that in the in the message today um mark chapter 12 has this wonderful encounter with jesus where jesus gives kind of uh he knows that we need things simplified a little bit and so jesus is going to boil everything down and say okay here's the the real heart the real crux of it when he's got this encounter with somebody that engages him with a, with a deep question. So Mark uh, chapter 12, verse 28, says this. Um, one of the legal experts, one of the, you know, the religious leader kind of people that knew all the laws of religion, one of the, uh, the legal experts heard their dispute and saw how well Jesus answered them. And so he came over and he asked Jesus, which commandment? is the most important of all. Jesus replied, the, the most important one is Israel. Listen, our God is the one Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
and all your being and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You will love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The legal expert said to him, Well said, teacher. You have truthfully said that God is one and there is no other beside God. And to love God with all of the heart and a full understanding and all of one's strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more important than all kinds of entirely burned offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus had saw that he answered with wisdom, he said to him, you aren't far from God's kingdom. After that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Amen. Amen. Well, Lord, we, uh, we come with our questions. We come with our hopes. We come with our, our brokenness and our hurting. And so, Lord, we ask that you, um, that you enter in and you speak to us. Amen and amen. Love the Lord God with everything you got. An all-in kind of love. Love Him with your mind, your strength, your soul, your body, everything you got. Love God with everything. How do we do this? How do we do this? Love God with everything. And then love our neighbor? You know, it's hard because I bet some of our neighbors we don't even like. You know? And we're supposed to love our neighbor. How do we do that? How, how, how do we do this? You know, it, this, is, this is the one big thing. And so how do we do this? And here's our struggle with this. This is the reason we, we struggle with, with loving God and loving our neighbor and loving these kinds of things is because, because of individualism. We feel like we've got to do it on our own. You know, we feel like, well, we've got we've to do this. You know, if we, if we follow all the rules and just write, okay, love God with all of your mind. Now, what does that mean, that I never think about anything else? Uh, and, you know, and, uh, what is this, what is this? and so we try to figure it all out on our own. We try to figure all this out and to love our neighbor and, and to put love on our neighbor. You know, how do we do that? How, how can we do that? This is a pretty big ask. How do we love God with everything, an all-in kind of love? And how do we love our neighbor? I I can't do this. And you're right, you can't. We can't do this. And God knows that we can't. God knows that we can't carry this out. Our individualism kind of gets in the way because we feel like we have to do it on our own, but no, we can't. God knows we can't, and so God sent Jesus to be the way of love. That, that Savior that brings us to the place that lifts us so that we can love, and love becomes possible and shows us that way of love. But we, we still can't do that well, and so day in and day out, the Holy Spirit comes to be that power to love. That day in and day out to, to fill us with the power to be able to love. But there's still more that God gives us And it's the gift of covenant, that love becomes a covenant, that we don't do this on our own, but we do this within the community, the covenant community. Love God and to love neighbor is to live into this love covenant, this love relationship. 
And so I know you're going to say, well, pastor, what is covenant? Can you define covenant? Because if you look it up in the dictionary, all you're going to get is like, well, it's an agreement, you know? And so I could try to define it for you, but it would just start to be babbling, you know, a little bit. You know, covenant is, uh, you know, God, all the way through the scriptures, God is in covenant. God says, I will be your God and you will be my people. That's repeated over and over again. I will be your God and you will be my people. I will be your God and you will be my people. That's, that's that love covenant with God. You know, marriage is a covenant. It's uh, vows and promises that are made to, to do life together in, the, in love. So define covenant. How do we define this, this, this empowering kind of community? Maybe we defining it might be hard, but maybe we can take a get a glimpse of what it looks like. What does covenant look like? Well, there's a great story that in the Bible that I think um, exemplifies covenant, and it's the opening of the book of of Ruth. And uh, the story follows Naomi and uh, and her family, and Naomi and her husband have two sons. And uh, there's a famine in their land. And so because of the famine in their land, they get up and they move to another land where they can find the resources that they, that they need. And, and so Naomi and her husband and two sons go off to this foreign land. And while they're in this foreign land, their sons find wives. And so they, life is going good. Got this family community. Life is going well. But Naomi's husband dies. And so she's left alone, and so she's got to depend on her sons to take care of her. But then both of her sons die. And so now we've got three women who are, who are left stranded, uh, uh, Naomi and her daughter-in-laws. And Naomi's response is, you know, I've got to get up and I've got to go back to my family of origin. I've got to go back to my, my homeland. And so she says to the, to the daughter-in-laws, you do the same. You just, you know, there's no more, I don't have any more sons for you to marry. You know, there's, there's nothing for you here. I can't help you anymore. Just return to your homeland. And one of her daughter-in-laws does that. But then there's Ruth, who clings to Naomi, who clings and says, says you know, I, I, I'm going to be part of you. And, and Naomi tries to get Ruth to, to go and find new life and find another husband. She's young enough. Because Naomi says, I'm too old, you know, go. But Ruth clings to her. And there's these great words in Ruth chapter 1, verse 17, that just speak to covenant. When Ruth turns to Naomi and says, where you go, I will go. And where you live, I will live. And your God will be my God. And your people will be my people. And so Ruth and Naomi... Go to do life together. And Naomi helps Ruth find a husband. And we have the whole story of Ruth a lot more in the scriptures. But it's all birthed out of this covenant. This covenant. Where you go, I will go. What you do, I will do. What you give to, I will give to. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And it will be this power of community that is bound together in love. Sounds so similar to the words that God has said throughout the scriptures. I will be your God and you will be my people. 
God is faithful to this love covenant. From the beginning of time, God is faithful. This love God and love neighbor, because God loves us, we still have to choose it. That's the thing about this love covenant. It is a free will choice. We have to choose it. It is a gift from God. It is a gift from God that brings us power to love and to live into community. But it is a free will choice. It is a gift from God. God gives us this beautiful gift, this wonderful gift of this love covenant. But we still have to open the package. And we still have to live into it. Love happens in this community. Think about it. We can't do this on our own because love doesn't exist in a vacuum. Love doesn't exist in emptiness. Love happens in the community, and that community happens in covenant, and that is a gift from God. Family is a love covenant together. And I know what some of you are going to say. It's like, well, you don't get to choose your family. You know? No, you don't get to choose your DNA. You don't get to choose your DNA. But you do get to choose who you will live in covenant with. And that establishment of family sometimes has a lot to do with DNA and sometimes has nothing to do with DNA. And so families come together, and family begins with a covenant, the marriage covenant, where two people come together and they promise and make vows and make commitments that they're going to do this life together in love and that they are going to work together and partner together in, in respect and mutual respect and mutual accountability to one another. Because, you know, this thing that we call love, it's about a choice every day and day in and day out. It's about respect. It's about empowering. It's about lifting each other up. Yes, yeah, sometimes some warm feelings can come from it. But it's really about this daily choice that we go about of lifting each other up in love and living out the promise and the power of vows that are made. But sometimes, as we know, families break down, don't they? Families break down. And I guarantee you that 99.9% .9 of the time it's because somebody or everybody in the family system has forgotten the power of covenant, has forgotten what it is to be accountable, to be respectful, to choose love each and every day. Sometimes families break down, and that happens. But here's the thing, is that most of the time, children understand covenant. They get it. There's a reason why Jesus said, let the children come to me, and said, the kingdom of God will be like children, because they get covenant. Children who will cling to a relationship, even if that parent or that adult is dysfunctional. They'll hold on to the covenant, or to the parent, or to the sibling. They'll, they'll hold on, and they'll cling because the love covenant is everything for a child. It's everything. It's not a business transaction. You know, you pay a fee, you get a service. But it's a covenant of being held together. And when families do break down, what do we try to do for children and for families? What do we try to do? We try to reestablish covenant. We try to, to bring that covenant back together. Here... Um, in, in Broward County, our Florida United Methodist Children's Home and uh, in our partnership with them, we work in foster care. And 
foster care, you know, I hear them say often, it's like, yeah, we go out there and we look for foster parents, but we want the right foster parents. And what they mean by the right foster parents is we want to establish covenant. We want a love covenant to be established to bring holistic family relationships back together. And so you have to find the right heart and the right people. Because it's not a business transaction. Well, you pay me, I'll feed the kids, make sure they get to school, make sure they get to their doctor's appointments, and you just keep paying me, and when I'm tired of it in a year or two, we're done. No, but it's about a covenant relationship. And we've heard stories, I'm sure you've heard stories, of foster families that just do marvelous things, and a child gives a testimony as a young adult now that they've grown up, and the foster family has meant everything to them and changed their lives. And, of course, we've heard the horrible stories, too, of abuses and neglect that happens. The great stories happen because of the love covenant, because of the power of the covenant that holds them together. We need this love covenant. But we do struggle with how to do this. And so Jesus tried to simplify it. Love God, love your neighbor. Let's simplify it. If you choose it, this love covenant, then you do it. You hold others accountable, no matter how tough that love might be. And you are accountable no matter how difficult and how giving and how much of a sacrifice that might be. In the love covenant, we share resources freely and we lift each other up even when it costs us. The business world thinks in terms of contracts, but in the church, we think in terms of covenant. The business world lives by a contract. I'm going to do this and you're going to provide me with this. And it's a contract. It might even be written. It might even put out. You're going to pay this fee, and then I'm going to give you this service. Or you're going to give me this service, and then I'm going to pay you this. And it's like that. And if one or the other party doesn't live up to it, you return the item, you get rid of it, and it's done. That's a business contract. But in the church, we talk about covenants. Because we do this life and live this life together of loving God and loving others. As a United Methodist pastor, I enter into a covenant with the United Methodist Church, actually with the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church. And they're very clear about what is required of me to enter into this covenant. Boy, I had to go through all kinds of schooling and counseling and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff and learn the secret handshakes, you know, and, the, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then you can be brought into this, uh, this covenant, this covenant of ordained membership of the Florida Annual Conference of the, of the church. And so there are vows taken and promises made and empowerment given. And as an ordained elder of the United Methodist Church, I, in certain ways I can represent the United Methodist Church in the, uh, in the culture. But most importantly, in this relationship, I'm sent to serve. We have this sending of the Methodist Church. We are connected, we are in covenant together, but there's I'm sent to serve. There are expectations I have of the greater church in the support and the connection that happens, but there's also expectations placed on me. Expe expectations of how this will be done and how it will be lived out and how we go about faith and the call to serve. These are not rules, but they're expectations. It's a covenant. 
It's a covenant that we share together. There were promises made. I may disagree from time to time with what the church stands for, what the church is doing, but I am bound by the covenant. I may not like everyone else in the covenant, but I am bound by the covenant to love and to support and to encourage. And I have some expectations put on me in the covenant. I'm expected to serve where I am sent, and I'm expected to serve in the greater church. And I've done that over the years. I've worked in, in statewide youth ministries and local area youth ministries. I've, I've uh, led in the camping uh, ministries. I've uh, done some educational ministries years ago around the area of Christian faith and human sexuality and, and how that's lived out. I've served on uh, the area boards of ministry that help uh, young uh, people who are new to that covenant commitment of being ordained and serving to, to find their way in that. I've served in disaster response as our church has done that, and you've heard me tell stories about that. I've served in the missions of the Methodist Church. I've also done district uh, leadership in the church, and presently I serve as a leader in our southeast uh, district on that uh, board, and uh, I've been tasked with some visions for how to use some property uh, for ministry into the future. And you've heard me share over and over again that I'm part of the board of trustees of the Florida United Methodist Children's Home. So I'm expected to serve as part of this covenant. You know what else they expect me to do? They expect me to give my money. I get asked every year in reports, are you tithing? Are you giving 10% of your income to the local church in which you serve? And that's expected of me. Holding me accountable for the love covenant. That's how we do it in the church. It's a covenant of love. And we can't do this on our own. We really can't. And if you read the scriptures closely, we've tried. We've tried to do this love thing on our own. And, you know, God said, I will be your God and you will be my people. And the people messed it up. I'll be your God and you will be my people. And the people messed it up. And finally God said, okay, look, I'm going to give you these ten. These ten simple little rules to live by. And the rules are love the Lord your God. Have, you know, you know, don't have any other gods before you. you know, no idolatry and that kind of stuff. And then about your, your neighbors. You're going to tell them the truth. You know, don't bear false witness. You know, don't lust after what they have and, and want what they have. You know, don't steal or take from each other. Don't, don't hurt each other. And so we got these ten. But we people, we couldn't even live into the covenant like that to, to love God and love neighbor like that. So they say, well, what does it mean by this rule and this rule? And so... You know, we humanities, in order to try to do this, this covenant, try to do it ourselves, they came up with 613 more rules to follow. It's called the Midrash. Okay, not only follow the 10 rules, which we can't do, you know, but to follow 613 of them? Impossible. And so Jesus says, look, let's simplify. If you look at the 10, the first few, they're all about loving God. So let's love God with everything you got all in. The, the second half of that 10, it's all about how you're loving your neighbor and how you're loving those around you. And so let's, let's do that. But even for that, we need help. And so Jesus is the way of love, the Holy Spirit is the power of love, and the covenant is the community of love that we need. And so if New Horizon 
is your community, you live it out. You live it out. We, I talked a little while back, and you're going to hear more in the future about living it out with our, with our pegs. You live it out with your prayer, your engagement, your giving, and your service. We're going to expect that and hold each other accountable to praying for one another and praying for the ministry of the church, for engaging in any way that we can engage. The engagement is in, in worship or in study or if it's online or if it's in person, we're going to engage. And we're going to give. Yes, we're going to ask for money and you're going to, we're going to give money together and we're going to serve. Everybody has a gift and everybody serves in, in some place, in some way. That's part of the, the love covenant that we share together. And so if New Horizon is your community, if, that, if New Horizon is your connecting point, then we join together in this covenant. We vow, we pledge, we promise, whatever you want to call it, you know, whatever that is, that commitment to live out our faith together. To live out our faith together, to, to help each other, to empower each other, to hold each other accountable to this, to love God and love your neighbor. And so, in the weeks ahead, you're going to have an opportunity to do that in a very concrete way. So I'm not just giving you something to reflect on and pray on. That's step one, and I hope you're doing that. But there will be a concrete way that you can respond on paper, online, whatever. You'll, you'll be hearing more about that. But a concrete and tangible way to respond and recommit or commit anew to be a part of the love covenant that God has blessed us with so that we can love God and love our neighbor. Amen and amen. Most gracious God, we are a very blessed people that you know our needs even when we don't know how to ask for what we need that you know our weakness and our brokenness, that we cannot hold up the covenant on our own, but that we need your power and your mercy and your love. And so we thank you that you have given us that in Jesus Christ, that you empower us each and every day with the Holy Spirit, and that you have blessed us with a community of faith, an opportunity to enter into covenant that richly fills our lives with love so that we can love you with everything we got all in and we can love our neighbors in ways that are encouraging, empowering, and lifting and bringing the community together. Oh Lord, we thank you for these gifts. In the days ahead, may we respond to your gifts with a sincerity of heart. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> of course, if you heard me say this, okay, so now it's time to live out the covenant, right? And so that's how we respond. Find a way to serve. There's lots of ways to give, and I hope that you'll take the opportunity to give. Let's also respond to God with our song and our praise. So let's stand and sing to God.
now with the blessing and the assurance of being a friend of God, of being in a covenant with God, of being in covenant with the faith community. Go now and live that covenant. <coughs> love God and love neighbor. Amen. Amen.